The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Luke, it's quite incredible. It's 14 months since you've had fans inside this ground. Tell me about the anticipation of playing in front of them once again, even if it's just a, a, a smaller crowd of 10,000. No, of course, um, it's obviously not as much as we would like, but obviously it's a step in the right direction. Um, we're obviously really excited to, to get out on the pitch and you know play in front of the fans. I was sat next to Donny on the coach, and obviously he's never experienced you know Old Trafford with any fans at all, so... You know, he's another one that, that was very excited and, you know, yeah, we're generally just looking really forward to, to the game and to have fans and welcome them back. Can it give you a lift? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't see why not. I think, you know, everyone knows our home form hasn't been the best this season. Um, you know, maybe whether that's down to ourselves or, or maybe not having any fans, you'll never know. But I think, yeah, today with fans, it, it can obviously give us an extra boost and obviously it gives us sort of extra incentive to you know go out there and, and show the fans what, what they've been missing. You're not short of motivation going into the game though are you because hey, you want to correct your home form right now and also you want to pick up form before the final. Yeah 100% obviously we're disappointed with the last few games we played um, obviously not winning um, we need to obviously get back to winning ways especially with you know a massive week that's coming up for us um, obviously we still got two important games left to finish the season off strong but of course, we've got another final that you know we need to start hitting, you know, peak form because you know we need it to be, and we need to be ready. With that, we say hello. Glad you're with us today. Ahmed Fareed, Danny Higginbotham, and Robbie Musto. A lot to get into today. There's actually a lot of news. We'll start right here with Manchester United. You heard the comments from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer earlier there, Danny. You think it's fair for him to say that, that the, the moving of the schedule, the postponement has had an effect on them on the field? Yeah, I, th I think it has. I think what I would say is that the scenes that we've seen over the last few weeks, that won't have affected the players in the slightest. You know, we, we've seen a lot of the demonstrating outside the, the stadium and things getting out of hand, some fans getting into the stadium. But I think from Solskjaer's perspective, it, it looks as though that's what he's trying to say, that, OK, there's been protests. Well, that, that's not been the effect. The effect has actually been because of the circumstances having the games changed. If you look at this United team, more often than not, in the Premier League, you can name nine of the 11 starters. In all competitions this season, they've got eight players that have started 35 or more games. Ordinarily, against Leicester, then against Liverpool, he would have been able to do that. Mm. But because of the circumstances that had arisen, he wasn't able to do that. He had to play two completely different teams. So that's where I believe he's coming from. He asked the Manchester United protesters why they're doing it. It would not be to affect the team on the field. They're mm. trying to send a message to ownership for sure, Ravi. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just quickly on that, I, I still think the Liverpool game has got his starters and his best team and they didn't 
perform on the day. So I, I don't think that's... I don't think you can give that as an excuse of not having a great day against Liverpool. Um, but the protest, back to protest, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to continue. Um, talk about uh, today in the 51st minute um, that the, uh, the green gold's going to come out again, and, and rightfully so, and the fans are going to continue to send their message. And I think, you know, just to, to kind of go back on the, the reason for some of this... It's finances, and it's money spent by this ownership and money taken out by the ownership. And the news today was Harry Kane, that he's basically expressed an interest to leave again. This was kind of the big news story, and uh, certain clubs have, have uh, contacted his representatives about his interest. So it then goes on to Harry Kane and mm -hmm. how and where he might go. We're going to talk a little later about this situation at Spurs, but I just, you know, when you look at United, and we know they've um, extended Edison Cavani as a striker... If that's going to be at the expense of going for Harry Kane, I think that's a mistake. Um, no, again, there's a lot of stuff to happen, and, and Daniel Levy's going to have a big say in it. Mm -hmm. But I think Harry Kane would be absolutely perfect for Manchester United to, to give him that little bit of extra something that could take him over the line. He's just guaranteed goals for many seasons, and you know, we'll see how that shakes out. I, I think this summer, with everything that's, that's going on, and gone on at Manchester United, I think it's a watershed moment. I think it's a huge moment in the history of the football club and what happens going forward. Because if we go back to Sir Alex Ferguson from when he left the club, there is a there's a there's there's a correlation that you can see. When they finish in the top four, predominantly they don't spend big money. When they don't finish in the top four, they go and spend big money. So if you're a supporter looking at that, you're probably thinking to yourselves, well, it's not about winning the Premier League. It's not about winning the Champions League. It's about being in that top four, the financial side of things for the Champions League. And if that carries on, and they are interested in Harry Kane, yeah. they won't be buying Harry Kane this summer because they don't go out and spend big when they qualify for the Champions League. And that's why I talk about the watershed moment with the fans. They'll be looking on with interest and thinking, OK, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? Actions are now going to be louder than words in the summer. So you guys have both mentioned it so far. Harry Kane has made it known once again that he wants to move on from Tottenham. You take a look at uh, the players who have scored the most goals without also winning a Premier League title. No one higher than Harry Kane with 165 goals. And so, Robbie, what about from Harry Kane and Spurs' standpoint here on this whole thing? Is it fair for Harry Kane to say, you know, after all I've given you, even though he's under contract, yeah. it's time for me to go? I think it is. I think it is, because it's a unique situation. Yes, I know he signed a very long contract. There's three years left, left of it. And I know that the power does go back to Daniel Levy. He can say yes or no to, to, um, to bids that come in. I just think, and there's reports this morning, um, that, you know, a year ago he kind of was talking about leaving and then Jose Mourinho came in and, like, you know what, let's, let's have another year with Jose and see if he can win a trophy. That hasn't happened. There's talk about, again, in reports only, that it was a gentleman's agreement. Mm. So this will be the summer that he wants to go. It's been reiterated and we know that the, the officials of, of City, again, reports, and Manchester United and Chelsea have expressed an interest. It just comes down to Daniel Levy and how much he wants to get every dollar he can out of him, how much the club and he needs the money, given this pandemic and that new stadium. But for me, for what he's given to this football club, there's got to be some ground that's found this summer. It's probably going to be a, a high fee but not enough for it to drag on Danny Ware. Daniel Levy saying, you know what, you're not going to go for this amount of money. It goes on and on and on and on. That would be, would be disappointing from Harry Kane. I think the problem that Harry Kane has is that he has three years left on his contract. If he's at the club for another year, his value isn't going to go down. You know, clubs will have, have recovered more from the pandemic, from what's gone on, you know. His value will go down. You, what, Another you year, year on... 
I, no, I mean as in terms of if you look at the pandemic at the moment, there's clubs that can probably afford this much at the moment, but give it a year, they can probably afford Maybe. this much. And that's yeah. why I feel as though Tottenham hold all the cards. We know Daniel Levy, we know how he deals with things. He gets the top dollar for plays that go. I remember when Berbatov went to Manchester United, they waited and waited. He was, it looked as though he was actually using other clubs to get more money from Manchester United. Bale, when he went but, to Real but, Madrid. But, but to, to disappoint a player like Harry Kane... The, the club captain, the England Do you think clubs care, Robbie? I do, a You've little bit seen, on this one. Yeah. On this particular case, I, I think they don't. do. It's, it's, it's come down to Daniel Levy. It really does, but in the relationship. Got, yeah, they've got to know that they can replace him with the money that they you get. Can't. have enough money I don't to think replace you can. him or try to get to that level. I, I think Harry Kane, if he is to leave this summer, one of two things happen. He has to cause a fuss himself personally. Which he shouldn't or, have to do Which that. he shouldn't, I agree shouldn't 100%. Or he goes abroad. That's the way it is. We know the loyalty in football. Yeah. We know that it's yeah. not a, it, I mean, it's PSG, not a two-way thing. PSG with Pochettino might mm. want him. They've got an incredible front line anyway. Yeah. I think it's just going to be the blue or the red part of Manchester mm. that are going to come and get him. One thing we know is that Spurs aren't real happy that this is all coming out mm. once again here no. before the season is over. Could be final two games, final two matches here for uh, Harry Kane. More news out of London earlier today. As we learned this week, this will be Roy Hodgson's last two games in charge of Crystal Palace. The 73-year-old boss has secured Premier League safety in each of his four seasons with the Eagles, but the former England manager said today that after more than 45 years of coaching, he's decided to walk away from the rigors of top-flight football, adding, quote, the moment is right for me to step down from my responsibilities of being a full-time manager. So Crystal Palace looking for a new man to lead the charge. What a career it's been for Hodgson, and today the Premier League Hall of Fame welcomes two more brilliant careers into its inaugural class. Eric Cantona winning the Premier League four times in five seasons at Manchester United following his move from Leeds helped the club end their 26-year title drought, if you remember that. King Eric, he scored 70 goals in 156 top-flight appearances for United. And he said today he's happy. He also said he is very proud to be inducted. But this might not be a surprise. He said he's not surprised either to be now a member of the Hall of Fame. Not much of a surprise to see his former Manchester United teammate Roy Keane earning the league's highest individual honor today as well. Keane became captain when Cantona retired, if you remember back in 1997. He won seven Premier League titles in 12 seasons at Old Trafford. A dominant presence in the midfield. The Irishman does join Cantona, Thierry Henry, Alan Shearer as the four current members in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now half occupied by Manchester United legends with four more in still to join this inaugural class, four of the best. We'd like to know who you think should join the class. Dennis Bergkamp, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, among the 21 players who could be next. Tell us which player you think should be included and why. Send your answers to us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag MyPLMorning. So, Danny, you were around these guys uh, mm. four years with Keane, one year with Cantona. Uh, these are the best of the best. What were they like? They, they were my heroes. I was there as an apprentice, and I remember Eric Cantona, he got, he got banned, obviously, what happened at Sellers Park against Crystal Palace with one of the fans, and he trained with us, and it was just... It was a dream for me as a 16-, 17-year-old kid, and he, he came training with us whenever there was a first-team game, and I just remember one instance that stands out to me, and it still sticks out now, is that I played a ball to him, and he scored, he scored from it in training. He just stuck his thumbs up at me. And I went home and I couldn't wait to tell my friends, my family and everything, because he was just a legend. He changed everything at United. David Beckham, the class of 92 that came through, he was the final piece in the jigsaw, and he was just an immense talent. Yeah. What do you think? 
Well, I played against both of them. <laughs> and uh, I've got to say, uh, Eric Cantona is just, just iconic. Um, that chip, the goal against Sunderland, mm -hmm. Danny, with him turning around and his collar turned up. I mean, I, I, just an amazing player. But Roy Keane... He's the first guy that in this little class, in this induction part, he would be my first guy. Played against him many times. He was a brilliant footballer. Could do everything. The hardest man on the field, the best passer on the field, the big leader. I mean, just everything. One quick story is that we were playing against Dan uh, United at the Riverside for Middlesbrough. We are beating them. They're a big, big team, of course, coming to us. We were winning, I think it was 1-0. Midway through the second half, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at United, I'm thinking... We got them. They're done. They're pretty much done. Yeah, I saw him get angrier and angrier, and then he exploded and he fired around to at least half of the team. I remember Gary Neville on the far side getting some stick from him, and he basically pulled the team from nowhere. They came back and either beat us or they drew, but he was a reason why they did it. Nobody else. That's Amazing. Makes him so great. The talent on the field and the ability to motivate everyone around him as well. So four of the best are in already. Send your, uh, your vote as to who should be in next. Bruno, first of all, what was it like to have the fans back? Really nice, I think. Everyone knows uh, how is the feeling for the for the players having fans in the stadium. We play more than one, more than a, a year uh, without them. We miss them, uh, and luckily for us and for them, we don't give the result we want to give it to, to the fans today. I think the performance was was there for them, but at the end they want results and us too. And today was not the best result we 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 could we could get. What does it change for you as a player with fans in? What does it change? A lot, a lot. The support of our fans is always good. You know, uh, the atmosphere is good. Make make you feel feeling better. Mm. Does it lift you more? Uh, probably some some players can 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 lift. Uh, of course, having fans, I think, lift every, every, every single player because uh, the support from them is really good, it's really nice. And when you think you have no power and they are there lifting you a little bit more and you can, you can take that power from them. Now, there's no doubt that it was a wonder goal from Edinson Cavani. The only question mark is whether or not you touched it with a flick on. Honestly, I don't know. I, in the moment, I think I don't touch the ball. Uh, I didn't see the replay, I have to see it, but the referee was saying me I touched the ball and that, that was the point to make uh, at the onside. Having said that, what did you make of his finish? This is a top striker, so uh, for me it's normal. He's doing this, is, is what he's capable to do. You know, uh, I think today, first day with the fans, first time they see it uh, at, the, at the on live, they see a little bit what, what he's capable to do. Last home game, but that's now just one point from a possible nine, the last three. How concerning is that as the season ends? And, of course, you've got a huge final. No concerns, um, because we all know the focus has to be there. Uh, but when you have to end the season without, basically, uh, without to, to try to get the first place in the Premier League, uh, it's, it's sometimes... We don't do the right things in some moments and you, you end it uh, conceding goals or making some mistakes. And uh, we all know that. But I think the focus has been there. Today we concede a goal well played from Fulham, I think. Uh, I think if, if you look for the performance, we play really well. Uh, we don't score the chances we have. This is, has been sometimes our problems in, in some games we draw or lose. is uh, We create many chances, but we don't score. So I think... In the future, this, 
probably will change. And uh, now the focus has to be in the next game against Wolves. And after we have time to think, uh, we have three days to prepare the, the final of the Europa League and will be enough to, to prepare well. Thanks for your time. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Oli, what did you make of it? No, it was great to have the fans, the buzz, the energy, but um, I don't think we uh, put on uh, the performance that they, uh, they wanted and uh, maybe deserved. We had, had some good spells, but um, not enough. What was missing? We were too loose, giving the ball away too often, uh, trying the fantastic pass, the flick, the, uh, the maybe it's because the crowd came in and we wanted to enter entertain them. That's, it'll be more entertaining if we played properly and score goals. I had to wait 14 months for a goal. Yeah. Was it worth waiting for? The goal was worth waiting for. A great uh, uh, touch by Bruno, if, if I'm uh, correct, because a good pass by uh, Eddie. I, th I think... Uh, if he didn't touch it, maybe Edinson would have been offside. Correct. Yeah, so uh, good movement by him and the way he finished it off was uh, excellent. That's just a goal scorer. He had one of them against uh, PSG here in the Champions League that missed. So uh, it's a good thing that you can see, uh, see uh, that he's learnt. You changed things around tonight. What did you learn from the changes you made? Ah, well, we, we know that we are at the end of a season. It's, we're tired. We need to uh, get uh, minutes into some, rest some, because uh, we need to be ready for the, the last game of the, of the season. That's the most important one now. How much of a concern is it that's one point from the possible nine, last three home games? Yeah, uh, very much so, because we've lost eight points from, uh, uh, in a period that we should be like bouncing, going into the next game, looking forward to it, looking forward to the final, going into that confident... But um, we need to sort a few things out. Stop. Yeah, stop uh, trying to be the world beater and just play as a team. The goal that Edinson Cavani scored, you already know about his quality. Because you have him and other players in forward positions, does that mean you aren't potentially looking for a new striker this summer? We're looking to strengthen uh, the squad. Uh, of course, there's many, many, uh, many. Uh, uh, things that you have to consider when you put a squad together. So um, I'm not saying that uh, if Eddie stays, that means someone else in the forward position won't come in. It would appear that Harry Kane is now available. Is he a player that would interest you? I'm not, I can't talk about players that are in, uh, other teams. I, I think you know me well enough, and I don't think that's uh, very respectful of uh, any team, any players. So there's loads of good players out there. I could say Messi is interesting, but uh, and Ronaldo, but I, I can't talk about them. You know. Thanks, Oli. Thanks. That was a good one. That was incredible. The 10,000 screaming fans. Never before have 10,000 fans felt that intense and that loud. Uh, a huge statement for Chelsea in that Ooh, win. A statement, a really important 90 minutes for the manager, Thomas Tuchel. A lot of good things being said, and rightly so, about what he's done at this club. But there was a sense, like, could this all be kind of crumbling down a little bit towards the end of the season? So it's a massive day for them. Big pressure on the manager. Big pressure on the, on the players, certainly, but the fans being in that stadium, by losing that FA Cup final, and you could sense it. You could, you, we saw how quickly they started, and they weren't going to be denied in this game against Leicester. And just ultimately, they had a little bit too much more energy, drive, passion, determination with those fans and got the job done just at the end there. It, it was brilliant to watch. The energy that the fans bring is just incredible, and, and they've been missed. But I just want to give a special mention to Rudiger. He is an incredible player, and... 
He's missed, he's missed games for Chelsea and they've suffered. Yeah, I just thought today, defensively, he was absolutely rock solid, got the goal as well. And just, just the way that he led the team, he was an outstanding performer, as, as he has been all season when he's played. Mm. Is this Thomas Tuchel? I mean, he took over the club. They were 10th. They were mid-table. <clears throat> and now here they are, Champions League final and could yeah. have a Champions League spot. Yeah, up. of course it has been. He's done an a, amazing job. But you've got to get over the line. And that was what the worry was. Like, we, he's still got to get over the line. And I, and I thought his press conference before this game was good. He, he, he didn't panic. He was going to stay in control. He said, nothing's going to change too much. I'm going to get my players ready. And, and that was the key thing, Ahmed, because mm. it would have been easy to, to maybe change a lot of things after that cup final. He didn't. And we talked about the right side. That was still mm-hmm. the same. But it worked out today. Did get the breakthrough goal and, and got the victory. All the players you can see, they know what's expected of them. Defensively, they're strong, so they don't have to score three and four goals to, yeah. to win games. You know, and it's, it's a massive result for them now. And, and what a weekend it's going to be. Massive result for Chelsea. The guys who called the game, Arlo White, Lee Dixon, uh, joining us now uh, from Stamford Bridge. Guys, uh, they took a, advantage of the opportunity, did Chelsea. And I guess on the other side of it, Leicester, a missed opportunity for them. Yes, but the atmosphere, Ahmed, here is just fantastic. This is music to our ears. The Chelsea players have just gone down the tunnel. Well, we've got Mendy, maybe you can see him down there just lingering. I think he's got his kids out there too. Oh, but yeah. They've, yeah, they've just done the lap of honour because it's the final game, isn't yeah. it, of, yeah. uh, of the home uh, season. And they go to Aston Villa at the weekend, knowing three points will secure top four. How impressed were you with how Chelsea responded to the disappointments of Saturday? Yeah, it's exactly what I thought would happen. I thought it was a step too far for, for Leicester. We saw that, especially in the first half. Chester, uh, Chelsea was superb all evening and they got a bit put under pressure near the end you might say Perez should have scored to make mm. it to all but Chelsea did enough, they were, they were really energetic I think they bounced back from that really disappointing cup final for them, getting into a cup final and losing really hurts, I can tell you, I've been there I've mm. done it, I much prefer winning yeah. than losing Yeah, um, I've seen the medals Yeah, <laughs> but, they, but I think from Leicester's point of view I think it's an uphill task now for them, mm. I really do I think when you look at how Liverpool have that game, the momentum they've got from that Alisson header and then going into the last the last game, I think they'll win tomorrow Liverpool and I think Leicester are just going to miss out, I think Chelsea and Liverpool are going to do it. So Leicester's finished fifth for the second straight season having spent the entire so. season in the top four yeah. but they've got that FA Cup to show yeah. for it, just thrilled to be here Ahmed with the crowd and we'll see you again at the weekend on the final day when this will all be decided itself like this in front of our fans huge difference we needed exactly that today for that push big win but it's not done yet it's not time for celebration were you also fired up by losing the cup final do you think sorry were you fired up by losing that cup no. final was that a revenge performance no cup was cup we were fired up from our loss against arsenal we uh, that was the setback cup was cup like i said i take the same performance again it was we were unlucky and uh,
but I can still repeat it, and I need to repeat it. It's not done. Just because he, he stood just off camera, people at home won't be able to see, but Timo Werner's just there off camera. What would you say about his night? Because he was involved in just about everything, wasn't he? Yes, and still it's his shop to be involved. It's his shop to be involved in everything, and uh, he needs to be involved on Sunday again. There's no, no time now for extra praise and, and whatever. It's time. Enjoy. Shut up. <laughs> Enjoy your free day and, and be ready for Aston Villa. Nothing else. Nothing else. It, it sounds like you're worried about that. You're worried about this being no, a big not celebration and just, then blowing it. No, I'm not worried, but I don't feel comfortable now celebrating. For what? No, I'm not worried. I just say what's needed. Was tonight a better performance than the cup final today? Yeah, much better. Even even better. Okay, performance in the cup, but today was top performance. First half was... Uh, Amazing first half, quality and energy, and second half as well. Could have been, uh, we, we gave, uh, uh, again, easy goal away that make us suffer a bit in the end, but overall was a well-deserved win. Did you feel like, at half-time, it wasn't going to go your way? I wonder what you said to the players. Just little moments again with the offside goal, the handball yeah. goal. I mean, looked a clear penalty, you didn't get it. Yes, this is a clear penalty, and honestly, we have, like, now our decisions, they are, they are horrible against us and now it's the third time in a row we have a Arsenal goal we have a goal against Arsenal is denied with a handball we have a goal against Leicester in the cup with a hand and then we today is a penalty but it's a foul against us this has to stop of course but we were not worried in half time we just said okay let's do it again let's do it again and force it what happened at the end why did it spill over why did it get emotional it's not so easy to lose and uh, it's not so easy to lose in difficult games we had to swallow it. We showed respect in the cup final and got a bit heated up, but it's like this. So do you think they didn't show respect at the end there? I didn't say that. I said it's hard to lose in big matches. So how does this set you up for Sunday then? I suppose the crucial thing is it's in your hands. Yeah, it was in our hands before and we have it still in our hands. We need another huge performance. We need the same ambition, the same hunger. Uh, but with fans in Aston Villa ground will be super hard. Okay, last one on injuries, because uh, Angolo Conte limped off today. No yeah. Havertz in the squad. Both of those available for the weekend, and also, obviously, you have a Champions League final coming I up. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We will check them tomorrow. I have a good feeling with Engie. He said he felt something. He didn't want to go in, into a risk of a muscle injury, so I hope for Sunday with the Kai the same. Do you think the cup final played any part tonight? Took a toll on your players, mentally or physically, albeit... Chelsea in the same boat. Yeah, listen, Pat, you, you got to remember. I think it speaks volumes of where my players are at. You know, you seen Chelsea at the end of the game. Uh, you know, these are Champions League finalists, and they're overjoyed in terms of the game. And, and listen, they win, and you know, we, we always respect that. So, uh, so now, listen, it was a tight turnaround for us, but uh, but my players give everything. I'm so proud of them in the game. Playing against a, a real, real top side with many, many top players, and uh, we fought right to the very end. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll recover and get ready for the weekend. Is that one of your main takeaways that you look at a team that good and think we've gone toe to toe with them and others over the course of the whole season? Yeah, and that's what it is. But it's it's over 38 games. We've won so many big games this this season, like you say, against Chelsea twice. You know, and uh, um, you know, we, and we just missed out on a few details tonight, where some of our young players will, will learn lessons from it. But uh, but overall, the, the players have been giving me absolutely everything, and now we can recover for a few days and look to finish off the season and uh, with a victory. So, how do you see it then going into the weekend? 
Yeah, so obviously Liverpool got a couple of games. Chelsea get a tough game away at Aston Villa. Dean's teams are, are very strong and, and competitive and, and like you say as is, is Sean and his team tomorrow night for Liverpool but I've always said it all along we just need to concentrate on ourselves um, players have been outstanding we're still in that top four and uh, we've got one more game to go and we'll do our very best and if we win it and it's still not enough for us then we have to accept that and uh, we'll still have had a great season The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand do you want a beautiful lawn Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Now, earlier today, two more members were welcomed into the Premier League's inaugural Hall of Fame class. Frank Lampard joins with 177 Premier League goals with at least one against the great Tim Howard, which should put him into the Hall of Fame just by that alone. Those 177 goals with West Ham, Man City, Chelsea, the most for a midfielder in the league's history. He won three Premier League titles with Chelsea, including the club's first one in 2005 when he was named the Premier League Player of the Season. Lampard said he looks up to Thierry Henry, Alan Shearer, Roy Keane. Now he joins them among the elite, which now also includes the man who scored one of the greatest goals in Premier League history, Dennis Bergkamp's flashy finish for Arsenal against Newcastle in 2002 has voted the best goal in the first 20 25 Premier League seasons back in 2017. Bergkamp was a member of the 2003-04 Arsenal Invincibles, the only team to finish a Premier League season unbeaten. That was one of the club's three Premier League title-winning teams, and the Dutch striker, a pivotal member of all three. So six inducted, two more to join the inaugural class. Ian Wright, Didier Drogba, Peter Schmeichel, all among the remaining nominees. Tell us which player you think should be included and why. Send your picks to us on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag MyPLMorning. We could have picked any highlight for Frank Lampard. We had to pick that one, Tim. But what was it like playing against a guy like Frank Lampard? Well, it was just so dangerous. His goal scoring record being the leading goal, uh, midfield goal scorer in, in Premier League history, he could shoot from anywhere and would shoot from anywhere. And most of the time when that happens, you think this ball's going to end up in the stands. As you saw there, he can score from this position. Mm. He has no right to take that shot on, and he does. And it's absolutely sensational. He, was, he had pace and he had power. This was a proper box-to-box -box midfielder. And you talk about Chelsea's golden era, golden generation, when they started winning trophies. He was the catalyst to that. And as you can see there, not a whole lot I could even do. <laughs> even the great Tim Howard out of his reach here. It's just amazing stuff from Frank Lampard. And Burkamp too, two well-deserving members. Yeah, he's, he's incredible, Burkamp. But just, just quick on Lampard, we sure. used to make special provisions for him. When I, was at, when I was at Stoke and the likes of Chelsea would come, would come to our place, what we would do the day before a game, 
through the middle of the pitch, we'd have a 10v10 and we would all be told, listen, wear your biggest studs possible because you wanted to make sure that the pitch going through the middle was just a mess on the Saturday because you knew Lampard was so good, one and two touch. So you wanted him to have to have two or three extra touches. We'd let the grass grow long. And that was just for one play, just to try and stop him playing. Wow. That's how special he was. And, and it's in terms of Burkamp, Burkamp and Henri. What, just an unbelievable partnership. You had Burkham, we just had the intelligence. Henri had it as well. So you would try and go tight with Burkham. There'd be spacing behind with Henri. And then if you didn't go tight to Burkham, you'd just get the ball and turn it and pick a pass. So incredible and both fully deserved to be in there. Yeah, and, and Burkham was just an absolute magician. We oh. saw there with his goal against Newcastle. Yeah. He could take the game over. He could drop deep into the midfield and let other people shine, find a pass. He was just so spectacular to watch. All these players obviously were great on the pitch, mm-hmm. but they all have like a special aura yeah. about yeah. them too and just a, a gravitas to their game. And uh, six deserving members, of course, so far in the inaugural class for the Premier League Hall of Fame. A year on from when we spoke at West Ham United on that last day, what a difference a year has made to your football club. Wonderful. It certainly is. And, uh, you know, I think we're guaranteed finishing 11th now. And that's some progression for, for the club. Um, we knew we would with the quality that we had. We've had a very inconsistent second half of the season. But our best player has been missing for 13 games and I think we saw him back today for 72 minutes and we saw the confident Jack Grealish today and, uh, you know, creating opportunities to come here and create 20, have 20 attempts on goal uh, tells you that the intent was there. You waited a couple of months, three months actually, for Jack to come back and start a game. I thought he was super today for you. Yeah, he was. Um, He's been a little bit tentative, uh, as you would be coming back, searching for a little bit of fitness and coming back from the injury. Um, But today, he looked confident, he looked assured. And, um, you know, uh, when you've got a Jack Grealish like that, then the opposition have to be aware. You've also got an Ollie Watkins who can poach a goal. How much Premier League awareness did he show in the way he held off Dyer, positioned his body for the goal? He's the best pressing centre-forward in the league, in my opinion. Um, And that goal... Summed, summed that pressing up. Um, I thought he earned that goal for himself. He had the players behind him, backing him up when he went to press. But it was a great performance from Ollie, and you know he'll probably feel he could have scored a couple more today as well. Commiserations, Ryan. How did you see it tonight? Disappointing. Obviously, we've um, we started the game brightly, um, and then obviously unfortunate circumstances with their first goal. They didn't. They didn't have to earn it, which is which is disappointing. I thought the second one as well. They didn't earn it. So, listen, at two-one, the game's a little bit different. Um, obviously, created some chances. They created some chances. I didn't think there was much in the game. Just those those moments. Um, disappointing. For me, it was how the game got away from you after making such a strong, positive start in that opening ten minutes or so. Yeah, listen, of course. I mean, when you, when you make an um, unfortunate mistake like we did um, and give them a goal that they didn't have to earn, um, it gives them a good feeling and um, it changes the whole dynamic of the football match. So that's disappointing. Obviously, it's, it, it, it was tough. And then we tried to break them down. We had a couple of moments early on in the second half and we didn't create the, take those crucial moments. So, um, Yes, disappointing. How did you try to affect the game at half-time? Because a team you did look stronger at the start of the second period. Yeah, I think it was just about trying to keep our discipline. Um, I think at times in the first half we lost that. We lost our shape at times and tried to probably probably do a little bit too much at times. So um, it was just about trying to stay patient, stay calm, 
Um, I thought we, we'd done that at the start of the second half, but as, a, as the game opens up, obviously it becomes difficult and um, they had pace on the counter-attack and um, there was always a threat, but a disappointing evening. Ryan, may I ask how Tanganga is? Because that looked like a really unfortunate injury for him. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Obviously, it weren't it weren't great. He was um, he was in a lot of pain, so hopefully it's not too serious. Well, do you know what happened to him exactly? Do you know what I'm it was? I'm not sure. It was it was down the lower leg, ankle, mm. um, shin bone. I'm not too sure, but um, we'll assess him tomorrow. At this point, how big a fight do you all feel you have now for Europe? Because the other results haven't exactly helped tonight. Yeah, I've not looked at the other, other results yet. Obviously, I'm very disappointed with how this match went. Listen, we, we've got to pick ourselves up and um, go again at the weekend, but obviously disappointing tonight. Ryan, there is, it would appear, some frustration around this club at the moment. Clearly some uncertainty around this club. Do you sense that might be affecting things on the pitch? Well, I'm not too sure, you know. I think we started the game brightly. Um, all the players' mind was, was focused on the game, and I thought you see that with with the start we made. It was a very good start. And like I say, an unfortunate situation, give them a goal. Um, and in football, when, when these moments go against you, it's very difficult. We were 1-0 up. We were playing very well. I thought we was in control. Um, and to have a moment like that, obviously, it's, um, it's tough. Just finally, knowing Harry Kane as well as we know you do, you know he's a winner. You know he wants to win things. How convinced are you? that he can win things at Tottenham Hotspur. Listen, I don't think at the moment it's time to answer questions on Harry Kane. I had about 50 questions yesterday on Harry. I answered them for you guys. I was honest, as honest as I could be. I was asked questions before the game. Mm -hmm. Right now, we've just lost the game in the Premier League, so I'm disappointed at that. And I'll speak about the game all day long, but I'm not speaking about individuals. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Ryan. So the simplest top four scenarios heading into Sunday with three teams looking to secure the final two spots in the top four there. Chelsea would finish top four with a win at Aston Villa or either Leicester or Liverpool losing. Liverpool need a better result than Leicester or Chelsea or if they and Leicester both draw. Leicester on the outside looking in need a better result than Liverpool or a win against Tottenham and Chelsea dropping points. Again, those are the simplest top four scenarios heading in to Championship Sunday. As for the other European competitions, we know 5th and 6th will qualify for Europa League. That's currently held by Leicester and West Ham with Tottenham, Everton, Arsenal still in the running there. Tottenham currently sitting 7th, which will qualify for the new Europa Conference League with Leeds additionally in contention for that one. Big shout out to Joe Brandon, John, Rosie, our research team for compiling all that information. Those are the scenarios. Danny Higginbotham, Ahmed Farid, Tim Howard. Let's talk about the game that we just saw here. It's funny for Liverpool. If we would have asked them, Tim, at the start of the season, would you be happy with just a top four finish? They'd say no, but you saw the smiles and the relief mm. after that game. Yeah, they could have never anticipated what this season was going to become just so much credit to Liverpool's resilience. And this is why you build culture. I credit Jurgen Klopp. He's built a culture in that football club to say we're never going to quit. We're going to believe in each other. His mother passed away. Allison's father passed away. They took massive injuries to key players. Loss of form to, to a lot of their key players. This was a great opportunity for Liverpool to say, you know what? We were world beaters last year. Let's just take a breath. Mm -hmm. This year doesn't matter. And Chuck away. They had all the excuses in the world. Mm. And for this team to find a way to continue to believe in each other and down the stretch play some of their best football, really, really impressive. They can actually finish third. Mm. It's just, it, mm. it's incredible. And I, I want to echo what Tim said about with Klopp. 
you know, you, you've got to give him great credit. Trust. Trust is a huge thing. And if you look at the two centre-backs who were playing today, Phillips and Williams, you know, he didn't necessarily have to go with those two. He could have gone with Fabinho back there. The two of them were absolutely magnificent today. Defensively and attacking-wise, they, they, they were absolutely brilliant. Against a physical team like Burnley, they stood up to be counted. And, you know, they deserve a lot of credit the defensive side of things, of how they dealt with Burnley today, and then they went and did the business going forward as well. So. You, you make an interesting point about, about Williams and Phillips. They have no right to have the confidence that they've shown, mm -hmm. and the reason they do, to your point, is because Jurgen Klopp never complained, never moaned about it. He just said, you're my two guys, go out there and do the business, and they've done it. They still need a result versus Crystal mm -hmm. Palace. We've seen some teams with a big letdown after a big yeah. result. We could see that on Championship Sunday. It's going, to, it's going to be really exciting because, realistically, it could come down to goal difference. So I think you're going to yeah. see both teams going for goals. Yeah, if it does come down to goal difference, perhaps that final one by Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain will be significant for Liverpool. He is talking after the match. Alex, was that a difference in clinical finishing tonight, do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously three goals is, is what we can hope for. Uh, I think we had a few more chances. In the first half, you know, a couple fell to Moa, maybe had one or two that I know he'd, he'd want to score, but not clear-cut chances. But maybe we could have put the, the game to bed a bit earlier. But, you know, in the end, we had to defend well. Credit to Burnley, they pushed us really hard in the second half. Um, and we had to make sure that we stayed on top of defending. And then in the end, obviously, we keep making the chances. We hope that we'll score more than, uh, than we miss in recent times. Maybe that's not been the case, but tonight, three goals. We're delighted here. Your first of the season. I know you've not played loads this season, but how was nice? How nice was that for you? Yeah, I mean, I thought this would be the first season I haven't scored a goal. I wasn't happy with that when I thought about that. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's not been my personal best season for sure, um, for for different reasons, for whatever. But I've made sure that I've stayed fit the whole time since I came back from my injury in November. I've worked hard and. And that's all I can do, you know. I, I want to be a part of this team going forward. I love playing for this football club, so I've got to keep, keep working hard. And when I get opportunities like that, that's all I can do is, is try and make a positive impact. And, you know, I want to do more of that. Um, when the opportunities present themselves, I've got to take them. So, yeah, I'm delighted with that tonight. Um, but more importantly, it was, a bit, it was a big win for us. And, you know, it, it sort of sealed the game for the boys. Um, and that's what we needed tonight, three points. Um, and, yeah, that's one step further to, to our end goal now. We've got one more game to go and, you know, we know what we need to do in that as well. And just finally, because goal difference could make the difference on Sunday, how important might your goal ultimately be? Yeah, you never know. Um, we knew goal difference could play a part if it comes right down to the wire. So, of course, we wanted to score as many goals. First and foremost, it was about getting the three points here because that was never going to be never going to be easy. We know that. Um, but then after you sort of take control of the game, you'd like to, you know, score as many as you can. 3-0 is, like I said, that was a massive result for us and we'd have taken that before the game without a shadow of a doubt. Go on, well done. Thanks, Cheers. Thanks, mate. Nat Phillips, his first career Premier League goal, first goal for Liverpool, talking after the match. As you say, it's not how you do it, but that's four wins on the spin now. Is the timing, the momentum all important? Yeah, I think, obviously, the pressure's on. Um, there's no room for sort of inconsistency or 
being lax with our performances at this stage, we know we have to win every game, so um, we have to take it up a level and uh, make sure that we're performing with consistency and, if not performing, at least grinding results out. Just how hard did they push you tonight? Really hard. It was a really tough physical game, one of the toughest I've had all season, um, so credit to Burnley, they made it difficult for us, but it was nice to see that we managed to score three goals and take our chances, which is something that we have struggled to do throughout the season a bit. What gave you the more pleasure? The first goal for Liverpool or one he cleared off the line? Cleared off the line. Really? Time. Yeah, it's my job to stop the goal from ball from going in the net, stop goals. So um, if I can get on the score sheet, then, you know, happy days, bit of a bonus, but I'd much rather have a clean sheet. What difference does it make to you psychologically, the fact, although you've still got a job to do against Crystal Palace, it's in your hands now? Um, not much, because, like I said to you last time we spoke, you can do is concentrate on our games and make sure we win all of them um, obviously we know now that if we win the next game um, as long as Leicester don't go on to score a load of goals in theirs then our job's been done but um, you never go into a game thinking well, if we draw we're alright or whatever, you go into every game wanting to win the match and that doesn't change and it's the same at the weekend how much does this set us up, though, for a grand finale Sunday? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to, it's going to be a good weekend, um, so I'm excited. What we've got to do now is uh, recover, rest up, prepare ourselves, and uh, one last push, and hopefully finish in that Champions League spot. Well done tonight, Matt. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. Jürgen, the all-important win affected the goal difference, a clean sheet. Is that what you would call a very good night's work in what you call a semi-final? Yeah, it was a semi-final. We have to win the semi-final. We did that. Um, Three-nil, clean sheet, all these kind of things. Nothing is decided yet, but we improved our position slightly, um, and we have the final. So um, that's what we wanted. That's what we needed, um, and that's what we deserve. What the boys deserve today, because it was a top, top, top performance. You cannot. Um, give no chance away against Burnley because of the physicality and the way they play and each set piece is an incredible challenge for us. Um, they wanted obviously to go for our centre-halves, the boys did <laughs> outstandingly well and um, so um, Scott, yeah, it was a big chance obviously when, when Bobby scored, it was a nice super football, um, but we had before that two massive chances uh, so um, which we didn't use. But he scored that one, Nate with the header and Oxley with a nice little football skill. Good reminder for him, I think, especially how good he is and um, helped us a lot. Does that make it even more satisfying for you, the fact that they gave you such a, a stiff test? Yeah, 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 but it was clear. You knew it before the game, I knew it before the game. There was no doubt about that. That will be incredibly tough. We played here not only against 14 players um, of, of Burnley, obviously we had 3,500 or 750, I don't know exactly, people not on our side as well. And um, atmosphere in football is a massive, it's a massive point. And I've, I thought the boys dealt really well with that. We didn't get... Um, really distracted by it or whatever. We tried to use it as well because noise is nice and not so common nowadays, but it's nice around a football game and so boys did really well. We played a lot of good football stuff. I loved it and um, that was important today. And in a game like this, then you have to fight incredibly hard to, to deny them because 
the way they do it is just is, is, is really really good I have to say this I don't know how you say it in England but these kind of shadow runs one strike offside and the next one is already coming and stuff like this it's so difficult to defend and I have to say Nate and, and, and Reese, after a kind of a nervy start the passing wise um, found their feet obviously in the game and then saved us but I have to say Nat proved crucial at both ends of the pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a longer conversation because we obviously the whole Liverpool watched the Ali goal um, a few times and then we saw um, Nate Phillips flying past the ball, so like with closed eyes again. So his, his defensive foot heading is outstanding, some of the best in the league. Offensively, obviously, space for improvement because you have to open your eyes to, to, to score goals. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he did that around the goal. So, um, super header, super cross from Sadio. Nice football again. Nice little chip there in that area. That was good, yeah. All goals, top. The table is so tight that the increase in the goal difference tonight could prove crucial. Was that something you even spoke about before the game? No. We really saw it as a semi-final and you cannot go to Burnley and hope that you win 3-0 um, or whatever. It didn't happen too often to us. I think it happened once before, if I'm right. All the rest was incredibly tight with late goals and all this kind of thing. Um, no, we didn't speak about that. We, we knew we have to win our football games. That's all what we can do. And here we are. Well, you've won the last four, so is it a matter of taking the same approach into Sunday, especially now in your hands? Look, uh, but our, own, our problem is um, in this moment, not the game on Sunday. I'll, we have to make sure that we recover extremely quickly because we, it's obviously we have a thin squad, especially on, on, on some positions. Just have to wrap that more or less in cotton wool and, um, and then make sure that we are Sunday ready again. Um, we get now the... the, the the support of 10,000 people at Enfield, which is, I, I can't wait actually for that. But I'm happy it's not tomorrow, so we have a few more days. Um, yeah, but it's nothing decided. Crystal Palace is, is strong. Crystal Mantega scored today again, and all these kind of things. I have on the bench, Ayu, Badrai, and Townsend playing. So it's really, you have to be on the absolute top. It's Premier League, rightly so. And um, yeah, let's give it a proper try. Thanks, Jürgen. Now you see Sam Allardyce after the game. It has been confirmed by the club afterwards. He will step down at the end of the season. West Brom relegated into the championship next year. We heard from Big Sam after this match, the final home match as manager for him. You to step down at the end of the season. What led you to that decision? Uh, it's in the statement, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, you have to ask the question, I know that, but we've... Uh, talked and thought long and hard over the last few days about making sure we get the words right from my point of view and from Luke and Ken's point of view and uh, to get the right statement out to say there is no um, other decision that's made by um, me and talking it through with Luke that is, is the right decision. For me, it's a long-term or more of a long-term prospect for somebody than me. Uh, I am, as you all say, um, the man that comes and saves a football club, a man that's short-term, a man that's uh, uh, red Adair or, you know, the, the troubleshooter. Um, I'm happy with that. Uh, that's my life for the last eight, nine years. So I feel the club needs uh, a man to come and take it by the scruff of the neck and take it up. I think they can. But I also think it needs to plan for the future. So had I stayed, and I think that's in the statement, then... I'd be obliged to stay the year after I got and break it back up again, and that's not me. So 
uh, after a long chat and um, long discussion and uh, um, uh, that decision was made and uh, and I think that right from the very start it was it was like that and I just thank the club for offering me the opportunity to stay and I thank the fans for what they've done today I think they've been absolutely brilliant and it was really exciting to see him to see him here and cheer the lads on and the sad thing for me was that the fans didn't see a result that they perhaps should have got by the quality of our performance unlike Mikel Antonio's statement that I just heard before he came out here what did you say? saying we got big men that just played in the channel he just insulted me and my team so I know he's a nice lad but it was disgusting what he said so I think he should have uh, go back and watch the game and see how we really played I mean our front two are five foot ten and five foot nine so I don't know what big men he saw running in the channel So, guys, this is good. This is all you can ask for here. There's nothing at the bottom there. Relegation is all set. Mm. We do have a race for the top four here, Tim. On paper, what are the two teams you think that have the advantage here? Well, I'd like to think it's as is, really. Chelsea and Liverpool. Liverpool, I think, you know, have the easier of the games. Palace at home, you know, in front of the cop with with fans. Leicester have, have a difficult one. You know, Tottenham won't be easy. Imagine this for a second, though. Chelsea. If they don't get the result they need out of the top four, have lost the FA Cup final, mm. and they got to go into, into a European a Champions League final. And if they lose that, I know it's all a little bit hypothetical. Mm. Talk about what, what kind of season it's been. Tuchel's been brilliant, and then yet, yet they end up with nothing. So still a lot of pressure on yeah. Chelsea at this stage, even though they seem to be in the driver's seat. They are in the driver's seat. I think they've got the toughest game. Mm-hmm. I think that they go to Villa, obviously, looking and thinking, out of the three teams, they're the, they're, they're the one team that obviously aren't playing at home. They're not going to have their mm-hmm. fans there. But I think it's a game that could really suit Villa. Villa will be able to play on a counter-attack because Chelsea know they've got to go. They've got mm-hmm. to try and win the game. I think there's, there's some really interesting subplots as well. John Terry, assistant manager, Aston Villa, Chelsea legend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chelsea going to Aston Villa. Liverpool play Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson, his last game, potentially ever. Obviously, he's leaving Crystal Palace. Yeah. Christian Benteke going back to Liverpool as well so there's, there's so many things going on what's going to make it exciting is that all the teams will believe that potentially in particular with Liverpool and Leicester it could come down to goal difference yeah and I think with I think with Leicester we, we talked about Harry Kane how emotional he was today that that that's only going to get stronger over mm. the next week is this his last game in a Tottenham shirt etc there's been a lot of pressure on Tottenham and w- when I look at Leicester they're they're set up perfectly to beat Tottenham. Even though I think it's a difficult game, yeah. they have a real good opportunity there as well. And what you're going to have as well at Anfield and at Leicester as well, you're going to have the fans giving you a cheer, what have That's you, when true. goals are going into the back of the net, and that's something that everyone always looks forward to. So that will be very interesting to see as well. Yeah, hostile territory for Chelsea at Villa Park. If any team slips up, draw, loss, they could be out, and it all comes down to Championship Sunday. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.